Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. We are past the holiday week. Uh, last week we were live, though, so we're live again. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions, 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand three zero three six nine zero three thousand, and uh, we have a dedicated texting line. If uh, the lines get full, or we need to fill some time, or or the lines don't light up at all, we get to fill things with our text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Calvary Live originates in Aurora, Colorado, from the Grace FM studios. Uh, I guess we could call it the Grace FM Radio Network. Uh, we have two full time or full power, excuse me, full time, of course, but full power radio stations here in Colorado, covering about 80% of Colorado's population. Uh, one of them is up here in the metro area, 89.7. That goes all the way up into Cheyenne, Wyoming, into the southern, southwestern part of Nebraska, uh, down into Castle Rock, and then just south of Castle Rock, you pick up our uh, 101.7 signal, uh, in Colorado Springs, Grace FM, and of course you guys uh, are picking up this station, or excuse me, this program in uh, New Jersey, Maryland, uh, Pennsylvania on Hope FM. Welcome everyone on Hope FM. You can call us on this line. Uh, it works anywhere in the country, 303-690-3000. Uh, if you're listening on Hope FM, we love our calls from Hope FM. And then also we're broadcasting on Truth FM. Uh, the only thing about stations outside of Grace FM is that you're hearing this one week delayed. And all that means is while you call in, you'll be on the air live for the audience in Colorado uh, but and online, uh, in our, on our online stream. But Truth FM, Hope FM, the other uh, low-power stations that carry uh, Calvary Live, uh, you hear it one week delayed. So don't let that throw you. Listen to it like it's live. Uh, call us. If we're in studio and it's not a rebroadcast, you will be on the air, and then you'll get to hear yourself the following week, which I think is kind of cool. So you get to both be on it and then refresh yourself the following week. So I always like to mention that from time to time, just so you know that uh, this is a radio program that reaches far beyond Colorado, and we're grateful. So it's Grace FM is a ministry outreach of Calvary Church here in Aurora, Colorado. And more information on Grace FM is can be found on our website, gracefm.com. And as I as usual, I always want to mention, I try to mention it both parts of the program. We are listener supported, so support Grace FM. Go to gracefm.com, hit the donate button, and support Grace FM. Uh, support us monthly, support us uh, one time. Support us one time, 12 times a, a year, uh, bi-monthly. You can hit the monthly button, and any amount will work. Uh, all the resources go into keeping Grace F up on the air, uh, paying the bills, buying equipment. Uh, it's a pretty big endeavor, and we're a church, so we're not like a professional radio company. 
uh, and we've got volunteers. Frank is on the board today volunteering, and same with you guys on Hope FM. Support local Christian radio, so support Hope FM if that's how you're hearing this. Support Truth FM if that's how you're hearing this. Support your local LP FM station. Uh, but whatever you do, support, support, and be used by the Lord in amazing ways. 303-690-3000. The lines are wide open. 303-690-3000. Uh, this is where we take your calls and your questions. Uh, and we are... Uh, really, the, the show is um, goes the way of the call and the callers and uh, takes on the flavor of the callers of the day. And like I said, you can also text me, uh, and I see some texts coming through. Um, here is a text. I, I think it's a great one, and it is, Can I trust the NLT translation? The answer is yes, you can trust it. Uh, and you can use the NLT for study. You can use the NLT uh, for Devo reading. It is, it is a translation that uh, is dependent upon one set of manuscripts. Many people believe that um, these are the most accurate set of transcripts, and like any scripture, New King James NLT, uh, there's going to be footnotes on how they handled the translations and the manuscripts, but NLT is a translation. Uh, which is different from something like the Living Bible or the Message Bible, which is a paraphrase. The NLT is not a paraphrase, and you can trust it. Actually, it's a great te text question today, because tonight, for the very first time, I'm going to be teaching the book of Daniel using the NLT. Um, the, th the thing is, is I study in uh, with a variety of Bible translations open on my on my program, but the reason I like the NLT is it makes the language relatable today. And, you know, pastor, you know, a lot of times, well, why do you do that? Because you should use the Old King James and the New King James, but pastors make their language relatable all the time. Um, you might hear the phrase, I'm paraphrasing, or let me explain what it means to you today, or we as teachers do that all the time, and the NLT is very trustworthy. And here's what I suggest you do. The NLT has translator notes in the beginning of every Bible. Uh, so read those notes. Very few people ever read the notes of the translation, and they'll tell you not only in the methodology they used, but also the transcript, uh, the manuscripts they used, and the, the overall direction and, 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 and uh, purpose for a particular translation. So the, that's the long answer to a short answer, yes. Yes, yes, yes. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. While the phone lines are lighting up, uh, I am uh, got another question here. It says, what scriptures support the deity of the Holy Spirit? Which is a great question, because there's a lot of uh, there is a lot of controversy over who the Holy Spirit is. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you, and I'll probably respond to the text later, but um, email me and I will send you my notes, because I taught a Bible study on who is the Holy Spirit and went through Scripture after Scripture after Scripture of who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, I start with the Holy Spirit as a person. 
He has intelligence, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He has a will, 1 Corinthians 12. He can be grieved, for Ephesians chapter 4. He can be quenched, 1 Thessalonians 5. Uh, he, uh, unbelief will hinder the Holy Spirit, Mark chapter 6. Uh, he can be insulted, Hebrews chapter 10. He can be blasphemed, Matthew chapter 12. He can be lied to, Acts chapter 5. And I go on and on, John chapter 14. I know you can't take all these down. If, even if you're, not, if you're not listening, you definitely can't take them down. But email me. I will send you my notes, uh, because when I teach to explain the doctrine of the Trinity, the approach that I take is to go through what the Bible says about God the Father, number two, what the Bible says about God the Son, and our third study is what the Bible says about God the Holy Spirit, and then our final study, our fourth study, and this is on our free app, you can download our free app at Cal. Just go to your app store and put Calvary Church Ed Taylor or put Ed Taylor or put Calvary Aurora. Any of those will bring up our free apps. And there is a um, series there called the Trinity. And then the final study summarizes the doctrine, gives the biblical understanding of the doctrine because we already learned what the Bible said about the Godhead. And so one of those studies is who is the Holy Spirit and... It's a fascinating study, and it's a good question. The Bible, the Bible couldn't be clearer on the doctrine of the Trinity and the doctrine of the personhood of the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. 303-690-3000. Now we have open lines, so let's go right to the phone lines. Katie and Greeley. Katie, welcome to the program. Hey, Katie, welcome to the program. All right, I hope she calls back because the question says, Roman Catholic Church, how did the Romans transition from pagan to Christian? Uh, and that's a great question. I'm not entirely sure the fullness of the question, um, but it took some time for Roman, Roman Catholic doctrine to be developed and systematized. And so it didn't happen overnight. But a pagan became a Christian by being born again. And the religious system superseded then uh, the, the born-again experience. I wasn't there. I don't know exactly how it went down. But Constantine is the one that married uh, the church to the state. And so, But I'm curious what your angle is, Katie, on this. So call me back, would you? 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Here's a text question. Uh, hey, pray for me that the Word of God triumphs over these feelings and compulsions. That is a great, um, that is a great prayer request. Let me just read a scripture to you uh, because it's relevant to this. Let me say to everyone struggling with their emotions uh, that emotions are real. You are feeling what you're feeling. It can be strong and overwhelming, but feelings don't always tell us the truth. And we need to be careful when we're overcome by feelings because feelings can lead us astray. And you go, what do you mean? I don't believe you. Well, think about it. There are times when, for example, on, on my Instagram feed, I have subscribed to some of these fail videos uh, where you know somebody f fell off their bike or something, and 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 it's interesting because in pain you, there's a little bit of laughter, 
but you really shouldn't be laughing at someone else's pain. Um, but, but you do, you know, even when you were growing up, I remember growing up, you know, on my skateboard or on my bike, we would fall off and we would laugh at each other, but it's actually not funny. So we're, we're laughing at something that's not funny or something's funny and we don't laugh or we're sad, but we're, there's something, there's a sad situation, but we're not sad. We are happy or we're thinking of feelings of anxiety. There's really nothing to worry about, but we've talked ourselves into a frenzy. And so I'm just thinking of this. Um, for by we walk by faith and not by sight, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And faith trumps feelings. And you can't just will them away. You can't pretend you don't have them. You need to, do, you need to take thought, every thought unto captivity into the obedience of Jesus Christ. So let me give you another verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, and you know what feelings do? Feelings inspire thoughts. So we want to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So Father, I pray for this person that you know uh, they're, they're asking for the right thing, that the word of God triumphs over the feelings and compulsions they're feeling, that they would surrender to you and trust you, God, and that you would even change their hearts. I'm grateful you, you have helped us um, change our minds, but you changed the heart, and so we pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. All right, let's get to the phone lines. Uh, we're going to pick up with Jackie in Denver, Colorado. Jackie, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. I have a quick question. Okay. I've been reading in the Old Testament, and yes. it talks about different books. I know there's only one Word of God, but um, is there, this is about the different books of Kings or the Chronicles. or Yes. Has any of them been found? Uh, you know, they're finding books, uh, uninspired books, all the time. So, so let's just say, the, let's make sure we understand the categories. Um, there are other books that have been written that chronicle history and, and give information on those time periods that were not inspired by God. Um, it doesn't mean that those books weren't, weren't or aren't valuable. Uh, it just means that they weren't inspired by God for the use of our everyday life. Um, okay. and, and so, you know, separating from what you read in the scriptures, you, there's a lot of books like that today. They're not inspired, but they're helpful. You know, any book that's written, I've written a book, we're, we're working on my second book right now, Those that's not inspired, but I hope it'll be helpful. And, and so we always, when we test all things, we hold fast to what is good. Um, but the whole book of, um, in between the Catholic Bible, you know, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's a set of 13 books. Are you familiar with that? No. They're known as the Apocrypha. And they were written in the intertestamental period between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Okay. But they're not inspired. They shouldn't be in the Bible. But they're not entirely uh, worthless. Um, but they're just not to be used for faith and doctrine. Okay. Uh, and, and so the question of have books been found is a good question. I can't answer that specifically, like telling you which books have been found. Um, but that's a good question. I'm going to have to do some, a little bit of research. Um, and see if I can't give an answer to that. Okay, yeah, I just uh, got back from Israel, and oh yeah, yeah, and so you know all that history, and and I took it as all these books were written that were 
just a history of what was going on in that time. Yes. But I just wondered if, you know, they were found. But Let me, let me, um, let me do a quick search. While okay. I'm doing a quick search, uh, tell me a couple of highlights. Is this the first time you've been in Israel? It was the second. Uh, have, did you go with a church group? Yes. So tell me now the second time you've gone, give me some highlights that you came back with this time. Um, just the Valley of Elia or Elah. Yes. That, that was just so um, amazing to walk on that ground. And then we went to Golan Heights. And just at the, the time, it was so anointed by God, and I could just, I was excited to go back, and now I can't wait to go back again. But it was just God's presence and proof and, you know, everything that we saw is just incredible. And it's inspired me. I just, I actually want to go move there. Yes, you know, that's that's actually a very common, I don't know if they, I I don't remember if this is the exact phrase, but I think they call it Israeli fever or something like that, where... A trip there, you 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 actually sense the spiritual significance of the land. Okay. Um, so tell me, on the Valley of Elah, did you guys park on the side of the road and walk back to the creek bed? Yep, and we got to pick five stones. Good. Who'd you go with? Um, Jack Hibbs. Oh well, then you guys. How many buses did you take? There was there's 250 people. <laughs> so I think four. Yeah. Yeah, what a trip, huh? Did you guys all, did all four buses go at the same time to Elon? Um, yes, we would meet there, yep. Oh, that's cool. I know, it was, and there's a hospital there, it's one of the top ten in the world, and I work at a hospital, so I'm like, okay, okay you know, I'm just investigating possibilities, because you just, you know, your heart beats when you're there, and longs to go back. It's a, it's an amazing thing, I, I've made a commitment as a pastor to go every year that we could fill a bus, and so... Um, we end up going every year because everybody wants to go to Israel. And yeah. while the door's still open, you know, because it's such a yeah. t- tumultuous area over there, we want to keep people, we want to take people to see. The Bible comes alive, and especially the second time, right? Because the first oh, yeah. time, it felt yeah. like uh, it was overwhelming, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but the second time, you don't feel so overwhelmed, and you get to just pick different places that you can absorb. Uh, and uh, it sounds like that's what you did. So I didn't see anything in the search while we were going. I know there's some some fake uh, books that have been found, like the Gospel of Thomas, that had some writings as, um, attributed to Jesus, but they're not true. Yeah. Um, and But that's a good question. I'm going to need to look it up and pray that Jack Hibbs will come out. I just invited him uh, to come out in the last couple weeks, and he can't. Uh, we had Don Stewart come out instead, but I would love to get Jack Hibbs out to Colorado, I think, um, People will be blessed because he's on early in the morning here on Grace FM. Yeah, yep. I always listen to you all day long, so I appreciate the ministry and the gift of being able to just listen to God's Word all day long. Yeah, pray for us. I think um, um, we're very grateful. Um, We're very grateful to have Grace FM. So thanks, Jackie. Amen. Thank you. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. I mean, Jack Hibbs is uh, just an anointed Man of God. I love that guy. Never met him, but I love him. And I look forward to meeting him one day. Curtis from, is Curtis really calling from Iowa? Yes. Welcome to the program, Curtis. Yes, I used to be a part of Calvary Chapel about 10 years ago. Ah, oh, what are you doing in Iowa? I live live out here. What brought you out there? So, um, that's a long story. Okay. Well, praise God you're in Iowa. What's up? Uh, well... It's been kind of a debate my wife and I have been having over um, a discussion that 
we'd had before. I couldn't quite remember exactly what you was saying about it, but um, uh, we was having a discussion about if Christians commit suicide, okay. whether they go to heaven or hell. And I, okay. you had, had had a topic about that once before, and I couldn't quite remember, so I just wanted to get kind of a refresher so that okay. I, we can kind of discuss it again tonight. Okay. Well, I think I, I like to answer this question on a on a couple of different levels. You know, first of all, for anyone listening right now that is suicidal and having those kind of thoughts or feelings, please, please, please ask for help. Um, because as di- as deep and as difficult as the situation is, suicide is never the answer. Um, it is not God's will Very for your true. life, and and so call you know. Call your local church. Call here. The church number here is 303-628-7200. We'll be here tonight, so you can just show up. We have service tonight at 7 o'clock, and so I always like to start there. Um, Number two, suicide is the final act of a person that's really lost all hope, believer or unbeliever. It's really a, a very hopeless scenario that oftentimes people that commit suicide are are not in their right mind. And they have, they have felt enough pain and they've felt enough difficulty. They've looked to the left and the right and they've falsely concluded that this is the solution. And, um, and so it's very unfortunate. It's very painful. Um, suicide is actually one of the most selfish things a person does. Um, and, and oftentimes they do it just because they don't feel like there's any way out. Now, when it comes to the Bible answer to this question... Let me walk you down a path and see if you can't come to the conclusion I would come to. Is a person saved by their works or by faith? And so I'm going to walk you down a list of questions that you can ask, answer for me. So from your understanding of the Bible, is a person saved by works or by faith? By faith. And I, I agree with you. It's by, it's by grace through faith that a person is saved. It's not our works that save us but the finished work of Jesus Christ. So that tells me that we are not judged by our final act on earth. And I'm grateful for that uh, because suicide is a sin. It's murder. It's self-murder. And in the person that commits suicide, that would be the last act they have on earth. Uh, and I'm grateful that God judges us not by our last act on earth because that could be suicide. It could be somebody taking the Lord's name in vain at a car accident as they see a car coming at them. It could be, we could think of a thousand things that could be the last act on earth would be a sin. And yet we believe, and I, I believe with you, that we're saved by faith and that God cleanses us from all our sins and that the act of suicide would not preclude a person from entering into heaven. I think God honors that person by his blood I think he takes into account their hopelessness, and I think the provision for forgiveness has already been made for them. How it sorts out in rewards and what, how that, I don't know exactly, but certainly I don't believe it forfeits salvation. Yeah, because I truly believe, you know, what it says in Acts 17.30, for those that repent, you know, will be saved. So, uh, so it's to that point that that person has actually accepted Christ as their personal Savior, you know, and believes in him, so that the, whether that last act that they did, you know, was, like you say, lost lost hope for them, but yes, really sad. We had a friend of ours 
out in our local area here that uh, claimed to be a Christian, but uh, he ended up hanging himself. So it was mm. devastating for uh, all our church people to hear that. That's horrible. You know, that was a member of our church uh, that I used to go to over here, and, and it was it was really sad. So it's kind of hard for people to kind of comprehend, wondering why if you know if you're following the steps of faith of Christ and then go to that measure and uh, you know in your life. So it was, and so she, my wife, was asking that question. Well, are they going to heaven? And I said, well, technically, if they've accept really truth, truthfully, personally accepted. Christ, their personal Savior, I said, uh, no matter, I mean, we're, we're not sinless, but we sin less, you know, after we're, you know, Christians, we're not perfect, so I would still say that, you know, yes, they, they're, they're on the way to heaven, and she goes, yeah, but that's that's still murder, you know, and God doesn't accept murder, and I said, well, I, I guess that's what we'll have to find out, I guess, when we get to heaven, find out for sure, you know, if they're there or not. Well, the the idea of the distinction that God's making in the scripture surrounding murder is unregenerate murders, not uh, sins committed by a believer. And uh-huh. so it's a different category altogether. And this is one of those discussions where you're both right in some sense. Like, she's right. Murderers outside the camp, they are not, murderers will not inherit the kingdom of God. But that's unregenerate murderers. That's not born again. And I know it's kind of an oxymoron, born-again murderers, but born-again people do some really bad things. Jesus yeah. Jesus declared us all murderers, didn't he, when he said that we hate someone in our hearts? I mean, sure. I know it's not the same as physical murder, but like we're we're all desperate. The more we the more we see ourselves in light of the gospel and the glory of God, the more we recognize and acknowledge our need for Jesus Christ. We need more of his grace as we grow older, not less. So that's where I would Thank fall. You. And I always like to remind you guys, um, and Curtis, thanks for calling from Iowa. God bless you. I always like to remind everyone that suicide is not the answer. It is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. So you're listening to me right now, and, and you need to understand that things will get better. As deep and as hard as it is right now, things will get better. The people in your life, they, there are people that love you. I know it might be difficult with a particular person right now. I know you may not be getting along with your parents. I know you may not like being breaking up with your boyfriend or girlfriend. I know it's hard. You're grieving. You're sorrowful. You're overwhelmed. But suicide is not the answer. It, it is not the answer. You were, you were created by God in God's image. And he loves you. And he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you so you wouldn't have to, that you could live forever in eternity. And I know you're, an, you're probably arguing with me right now and just saying, you know, but you don't understand, this is going to relieve the pressure, this is going to relieve the pain. And, and you know, in some ways that's probably true. You, you won't have to feel it anymore, but what you're gonna, what's going to happen is you have now transferred your pain and worse to everyone around you because nobody knows what you're feeling. Nobody knows what you're thinking, and everybody's going to be thinking when you, if, if something horrible happened, they're going to, well, it was my fault. I was just talking to someone recently uh, here in our church. I don't have permission to share the details, but that was, guilt was a big thing on their minds because of the suicide of a loved one. They were so guilty and literally had nothing to do with it. So please, don't do it. Ask for help. 
Let's, let's, let's pray with you. Let's put some resources. I've got some great resources. If you deal with depression, because that depression visited me after my son passed away, I have great resources. To email me, ed at edtaylor.org. Make sure it's .org, because the other one belongs to a professional Santa Claus. His name is Ed Taylor. Don't email Santa Claus Ed. Email me, ed at edtaylor.org. Dot O-R-G, ed at edtaylor.org. Ask for the depression info. I'll send you a couple links to Amazon. These books were monumental in establishing and settling my mind to follow and trust Jesus Christ through the pain and the grief. We'll be right back. My name is Ed Taylor. This is Calvary Life. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. This is Calvary Live. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome to you guys on Hope FM and Truth FM. And uh, anyone listening online around the country, around the world, taking your calls and questions, there's a phone number. Lines are full right now, but jot it down, 303-690-3000. And uh, as soon as somebody drops off, the lines will open up, and you can grab that open line. Uh, And if you want to text me, I see the texts are lining up, and we we only get to the texts if we have time. But but send them in, because we'll use them if we can. 720-336-0, excuse me. 336-0897. And uh, just before the break, I had mentioned we were talking about the topic of suicide, um, and that leads to depression and discouragement. If this is something that you deal with, uh, depression, discouragement, even anger, resentment, bitterness, email me, ed at edtaylor.org, E-D-T-A-Y-L-O-R dot org. Don't do dot com. That is not my email that is a professional Santa Claus owns that domain. I wish I owned it, but I don't. Uh, so you have to make sure it's .org, and I'll return your email with a list, some links for you to download some resources from Amazon on the topic of depression, uh, biblical, completely biblical in nature. Um, one of the authors I know personally, she was a disciple of Elizabeth Elliot. Uh, she's been here. I met her personally. She's ministered to our family, and uh, it's a pamphlet. And then the other one's a book, and powerful, uh, very, very helpful. To you know, and don't read a. Can I say this too? When you're reading a book, uh, f- for the sake, especially when you're in crisis, and somebody gives you a book, uh, and like I got a text uh, right now that someone recently um, lost a baby to to a miscarriage, and I'm going to put a resource in her hand uh, from a friend of mine uh, that I haven't met yet, but she's a pastor's wife in New York who has a history of this. You, reading a book other than the Bible is not going to solve your problem overnight. And sometimes people get really frustrated because they read the book or they listened to the study and nothing changed. But that's not true. A lot changed. You took the time to learn and grow on the topic. You allowed someone to speak into your life. You listened to a Bible study of biblical truth. 
like I wouldn't recommend a book that doesn't have biblical truth in it. So the scriptures are being used, you're being taught new lessons, and sometimes people even approach the Bible this way, like, I'm going to read three scriptures and I'm going to be fixed. But, but you're in process. And, and I, I just sense that some of you are, are overwhelmed because you think that you should be fixed overnight, that somebody gave you a book and, you, and it didn't change you. You know, you're, like you're, you're still feeling these things. But healing takes time. Change takes time. Uh, and you're planting seeds for the Holy Spirit, God's work inside of you to heal you and to help you, to strengthen you. You know, we have that phrase, don't we, Frank? It's, a, it's real popular, time heals all wounds. But that's not entirely true because the Bible, the Bible would teach it this way if there was a verse. There's no verse like this, but the Bible would teach it this way. God heals all wounds over time. And sometimes it's quicker than others, but we need to be patient as a fruit of the Spirit of the work of God in our lives. So email me, ed at edtaylor.org, and I will send you the books. I see some emails coming in right now, so I'll answer them uh, at the end of the program, and, uh, and you'll get your answer today. So just give me some, a little bit of time after the program, and I'll, I'll answer them. 303-690-3000. We're going to go over to Nathan in Colorado Springs. Nathan, welcome to the program. Hey, Nathan, you're on the air. I think I got it right. Oh, uh, Nathan must have dropped. So I'm going to go to Trino in Denver. Trino, welcome to the program. Hello. Hey, man. Hey, I'm, I, I got a question, you know, like I, you know how they say God does everything for a reason? Yes. Okay. Um, well, my daughter got murdered by her husband. I called yesterday, but I couldn't. Uh, I'm going to try to um, okay. keep it together as much as I can, but uh, I can't understand why he did that, if that's for a reason. Yeah. And she had four grandkids who were raising them. But, um, Sorry. That's what I want to figure out. Okay, Trino, let's talk about a few things, okay? Because I also have a son that passed away. He wasn't murdered, but he passed away, and it's a very traumatic, very difficult thing. So... Um, let's, let's talk about a few things. Okay. Number one, I want you to know that God did not murder your daughter. No, her husband did. I'm just right. saying, but you know how no, no. they say that he didn't do God that does everything for a reason, but he didn't do that for a reason. Like he didn't do that. So when we say that God does everything for a reason, we just have to be careful that we know, and whether you realize this or not, or just the people listening, that God didn't murder your daughter. And I know you know that. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not correcting you. Yeah, yeah, I know that. And so, yeah, but that, that's, that's the only thing that, you know, that's... Um, so let me, let me rephrase it. God uses all things and works them together for the good for those that love mm-hmm. God, right? So those that, that are called according to his purpose. And so the, the problem of sin led to the murder by this man and mm-hmm. so much pain and sorrow on the kids and on you and, 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 and everything, uh, everyone that loved her everyone that loves her, and, and the fact that you don't understand, it's okay. It's okay. Because to lose a daughter so traumatically and so hard is going, is going to raise a lot of questions in your life. And there's parts of sin that you'll never understand. And why God allowed this? Because he gives, he gives the ability for us to make decisions. But he doesn't approve of murder. 
He didn't do it, as you well know. And the only way that we're going to learn how God is going to work this out for good is by trusting him. And yeah, I, see, that's, uh, that's why I called. Like, I tried to talk to you yesterday, but I couldn't. Yeah. Oh, I can't even imagine. Okay. I mean, it's, it happened three years ago, but it feels like it was today. Yeah. And, you know, you look at the kids in the eyes and how hard it is. And, and I, I'm, I mean, I, I, I can understand a little bit of what you're going through. And, and I want you to know that God hasn't abandoned you. And we just don't know all the answers looking forward. You know, that we, we just don't know what... What, what's going to happen and it causes us to doubt God it causes us to be mad at God sometimes some people maybe not you um, but it, it causes us to question whether Christianity is real and, and it, it causes everything that you're feeling Trino and more is normal as a matter of fact the book that we're working on right now is directly related to some of the things you're feeling because of my own experience and because of my own loss and, and you know how it is when you wake up every day and praise God, you get to be a part of your grandkids' lives. I praise God for that, Trino. I am so grateful for you. I am so happy you get to be a big part of your, grandparent, your grandkids' lives because I'm telling you, not everybody gets to be a part of their, grandparent, their grandkids' lives after um, their parent dies. And that is a big gift of God for you. They, they are special kids to have you in their lives. Yeah, just, just, yeah it's just hard. Have you, have you gotten any help? Um, it, it's, uh, let me, before I even ask you that question, let me just validate. It's harder than hard. There's sometimes you yeah. don't even have words for it. And that's exactly what you're feeling is normal for someone that's experienced what you have. Um, have you, have you gotten any help for your grief yet? Mm, well, you know, like me and my wife, we talk a lot and then, uh, it's just, sometimes it just gets me harder than other days. Yeah, it is. Um, we have a, we have a class here, Trino in our church. Um, it's called grief share. And it's a class filled with people similar to you that have lost a loved one. And it's, it's like simple training on how to handle all the feelings that you're going through. And they don't treat it lightly. The brother and the, fam- the, the people that oversee it uh, have all had a significant loss in their life. And the tools that are given or to help you sort through all your feelings, help you sort through all your pain, help you sort through all the fogginess of loss so that you can continue to live your life stronger every day because God has given you purpose, hasn't he? He's given you those grandkids to honor the memory of your daughter and you have the privilege of being a part of their lives and um, that's a gift. And now, right now, they the Grief Share actually meets on Saturdays at 10 a.m. and if you send me an email, I'll forward it to the guy that oversees it. And um, um, I, he told me this week, I sent out a little note, and he said um, that this week they're actually talking about being angry, the topic of being angry, and I'm sure you felt anger, some significant anger over the last couple of years. No, oh, yeah, especially when I went to court and he was real close right by me that I can't do nothing. Yeah, I'm sorry. 
I'm so sorry you've you've been going through this. It's words are not enough to to convey how how bad I feel for you, brother. So can I pray for you? Father, I lift up my brother Trino and his wife and uh, his grandchildren and as they, as they have to face this very difficult pain for the last three years. Um, I think of, of Lord, the, the just the absolute utter loss of just every, everything that they are going through, God. And, and I was even thinking today how you're the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation. And even if we, and even when we don't understand some of your ways, there's a lot of other ways that we do understand. We know that you love us. We know that you sent Jesus for us. We know that you promised to never leave or forsake us. We know that you've promised to comfort and encourage and to help us. And so even though we don't understand why you'd allow such stupid sin in our lives and the, just the, the pain of death, we, there's so many things we do know about you. And I pray for this family that you would comfort and encourage them and that you would enable them to live through today, to be strong and abiding in you today. And you would continue to take the edge off the pain that they're feeling and off the frustrations and the things they're feeling in Jesus' name. Amen. So email me, ed at edtaylor.org, and I'll forward you to the leader of the class. His name is Bob. And um, it sounds like, you know, I usually tell people to go to Grief Share when they're ready, and it just sounds like in your conversation you're ready. Because it's a hard class, believe me. I I went to a, I, I finally, after a few years, went to the, we have one just for the holidays, because, you know, those are the hardest, as you well know. And I just, I couldn't, I, I could barely get through it. It was only a couple hours, um, but I'm glad I got through it. And I'm glad that I cried through it. I'm glad I got it all out because it was another building block in God's restoring my strength and restoring um, to me um, a sense of his presence. So I think it sounds like you're ready. Even if you're not, even if you tried and it's not, you're not ready yet, that's okay. You're right, making, so it's edtaylor.com? Yeah, it's ed at edtaylor.org. Dot com is a, in this I'll give you a little smile before we leave. EdTaylor.com is a professional Santa Claus. Um, I don't own that website. So if you, if, if you email Santa, uh, he will not respond to you, but I will. <laughs> yeah. For me, it has to be dot org. All right. All right. Sir. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Trino. Um, the reason the reason I know that that a lot of emails were going to uh, the other website is because I I used this e- I just got this new email address Frank and I used it in New Jersey and I got a lot of feedback from the message I taught and then I got an email from Santa Claus that said you must have taught a really good message because I got a lot of emails would you send me the info too so I sent the forgiveness info and things from the scriptures to Santa Ed Taylor. <laughs> so what a world we're in if everything was that funny katie welcome to the program hey pastor ed hey welcome back thank you tell me about your question i wanted to clarify a little bit of what you were asking so 
So I was watching The Passion of Christ the other night, and the first time I didn't cry all the way through it. But then it made me start thinking about how did that Roman Catholic Church become who and what they are when they're the ones who crucified Jesus on the cross? Well, the, the ones that crucified Jesus on the cross were unbelieving Romans at the, at the uh, prompting of the unbelieving Jewish leaders of the right. day. And Roman Catholicism doesn't play uh, a part uh, within the body of Christ for about 300 more years. So what you saw depicted there was the Roman government. It would be the equivalent of, of somebody, a bunch of people making accusations toward Jesus, toward our United States government, and the government's laws would crucify him. Does that make sense? Right. So it was okay. the Roman government's laws that crucified, uh, that were used to put Jesus Christ on the cross, because Rome had forbidden the Jewish people to enact capital punishment. So because they didn't have the authority, according to the Jewish law, the Old Covenant, you know, does allow uh, capital punishment, but the Roman government had prohibited the Jewish uh, religious leaders from any kind of capital punishment. They, they instead convinced the Roman leaders, Pilate and such, to use Roman crucifixion uh, to kill Jesus Christ, which was a, really a fulfillment of prophecy. God predicted crucifixion before it was even invented. Right, I know. Um, so by the time Roman Catholicism comes, really it was Constantine, uh, when he issued the Edict of Milan, where he declared Roman citizens could f worship whatever gods they chose, uh, which stopped the persecution of Christians, and he actually made Christianity the... Uh, the state religion, the state acceptable religion, and it, I believe it was through that. And I'm giving a super superficial um, description of the transition. But when when Constantine married the church to the state, that was the end. So was Constantine a Roman? He was. He was one of Rome's most powerful and successful emperors. And so he just kind of fell in love with Jesus and said, we're going to do this? Yeah, but I think it was more than that. I think that there was some political advantage. Uh, I think that it was, there was probably some control there. Um, he, did, he did profess faith. Uh, he did self-identify as a Christian. He did make a tremendous decision in this edict to stop Christian um, persecution. Um, and he was used in a great way by God uh, in many ways. Um, but by, by, by declaring Christianity the, the religion of Rome, um, it really began, there's a word they call it syncretize, um, and, it, and, and some of the pagan rituals, some of the pagan were just all kind of lumped together, uh, and they were Christianized. Uh, in order to, he did, the, the way that history declares is that Constantine didn't want to upset the pagans, um, and so he let them continue doing what they're doing, but made, put a Christian value to it. Okay. So, the, how did the Christian, I mean, how did the Catholic religion become that you had to go through a priest 
to get your prayers to Jesus or to God? You know, that's a deeper that... that's a deeper question. I don't know exactly. I think there were hints of that even in the New Testament uh, prior to Roman Catholicism. You know, when you read in Revelation, the Nicolaitans, the Nicolaitans were those that made a separation between the priests, uh, the leaders, and the laity, kind of a, not just a separation, because I think there is a natural separation. We see that even in Judaism. Uh, However, this separation was to take authority over people. So there was already that in the heart of men. I mean, you think back in the entirety of man, uh, this kind of stuff was already in the heart of man, but... I'm sure there are people that have written books on this to describe the in answer to exactly what the development of Roman Catholicism, but it wasn't as natural as it's portrayed. It didn't start with Peter. I'll just put it that way. It did not in any way whatsoever start with Peter. He was not the first pope. He, he did not enact a religion that we know today as Roman Catholicism in any way whatsoever. Okay. You know, that Constantine is the one that's known as blending together pagan and priest-centered worship with Christianity. And I think he, I, again, I'm sure people wrote, I, I would, it made me want to go back and look, I don't have it here, but um, there's a book called Reasoning from the Scriptures with Roman Catholics. That might be a great resource for you. Um, yeah. And I think he has a chapter on the history. So his name is Ron Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S. Okay. And it's a book just to minister to people that, that to open the Bible to people that um, that adhere to Roman Catholicism. Yeah. Reasoning from so, the Scriptures with Roman Catholics, I think, is what it's called. Reasoning with what was it? Reasoning. The title again? Um, reasoning through the Scriptures with okay. Catholics. And if you just put, if you go to Amazon and put Ron R O N Rhodes. All his books will come up, and you'll see it. Okay, perfect. All right. God bless you. Okay. All right. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Mark on line one. Mark, welcome to the program. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? All right. Well, i got two questions for you. The first one is I have uh, uh, relatives, I have a son, and I have uh, co-workers and uh, plenty of people I know. They all have tattoos, and I won't get one because of, uh, I think it said something in Leviticus about cuttings or markings in the skin. Sure. That's the, that's the one question I want to ask you. And the other is, um, hypothetically, if we would go to like a financial uh, crisis, we're already over, what is it, close to $20 trillion in debt. Is it possible that we might go to a cashless society and be forced to have like a RFID chip or a tattoo on us to buy and sell cars, groceries? What's your thought on, on those two questions? I, I do believe that it's very possible that our generation will see the implementation of a cashless society. It's come very incrementally, uh, as you notice, as you can yes. think back, um, that various technologies have been introduced to to the point today, I mean, I pay with my phone. Um, and so in a very real way, um, there is a sense of cashlessness. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what I clicked recently, but I, I just put my phone over it and boom, it beeped. And then they took money out of the bank. And, and so we're, we're, we're very much within a cashless society. It's not completely cashless, of course, but we're very much in a cashless society, especially as you know, the Bible teaches not only of this sense of, of, 
the possibility of a cashless society, but of a global economy. And we certainly have a global economy. I mean, if something happens in China, if a bad report comes out from China on the other side of the world while we're asleep, it will. It, it has the possibility of tanking the New York Stock Exchange. How is that possible? Because the economy is growing more and more intertwined. And so, yes, um, I do believe it's very possible that we could see the implementation of a complete uh, cashless society. And uh, many, many people, including major financial institutions, are very much behind this because in their minds, it will save them countless money, countless dollars in uh, expenses. Um, and when it comes to your question about a tattoo, how, what was the specific question that you were asking about a tattoo? Well, um, from what I understand, it's a quote somewhere in Leviticus. You're not supposed to be putting any kind of ca- uh, cuttings or markings or of your skin from from the day you're born till the day you, you pass away. That's the way I take it. From some verse, is it Leviticus 18? I'm not sure. Yeah, let me uh, look it up for you, um, so we can read it because um, I think it's Leviticus 18. But let me see. It's actually 1927. So let me look at that. And I'm going to give you uh, some context on that because it says um, um, in verse 28, it says, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. And so the context of the marks and the cutting is for the dead. And in this case, it was to the pagan ritual of worshiping the dead and commemorating the dead. It wasn't what we see today as art and various art designs. It was a, if, if I believe the prohibition in the old covenant for tattooing is if you are marking your body for pagan worship, don't do it. That's forbidden by God. You but, mean like, uh, it's almost it's the same as like wearing t-shirts with skulls on them and Similar or something like that, or similar, or but even, like it's a part of the even, ritual. Even having tattoos of skulls and and dead things, or even religious symbols. I've seen them people putting crosses and all on their tattoos on their body, I, and I don't know if that was sacrilegious or abomination by doing that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, most of what you see on tattoos today, unless they're pornographic or X-rated or are uh, prohibited by God as tattoos themselves, mm-hmm. uh, like a cross. Um, mm-hmm. I have. A, I have a friend that tattooed, um, you know, crosses on his um, calves, and 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 they draw a lot of attention for discussion and, and sharing, and and that's like that's what they're doing. But if if you're putting a tattoo, remember, um, I'll give you an example of what this would might look like. Uh, remember, uh, up on Mount Carmel, uh, Elijah calls the prophets of Baal to account, uh, and they they're up there cutting themselves and dancing in a pagan worship frenzy. Um, that's forbidden by God. Uh, but dancing on Mount Carmel is not forbidden by God. Mm-hmm. Even dancing on Mount Carmel with knives in your hands is not forbidden by God. But if you turn that knife on yourself or each other and you're cutting each other and crying out to your false pagan gods, dancing on Mount Carmel, that's forbidden. And, okay. and so in the new covenant, now we make our decisions based on the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Some people are more comfortable with tattoos than others. Uh, but I've got a lot of friends. I got a lot of people I serve with. They have tattoos. They love Jesus Christ. They're totally committed to them. And I don't believe um, by what they've done, they've sinned against God. I don't believe biblically. They, it's not my opinion. My biblical opinion is I don't believe they've sinned against God. Okay. 
Well, uh, well, thank you for answering those two questions. But uh, back to the second one again. Yes. I know my coworkers think I'm crazy because I told them if, if the day comes where we have a financial crisis and or they they pass laws where you that's the only way you can do it, cashless with a tattoo or a RFID chip. I told them I'd walk away from my house, my car, yeah. and go out of the street. And and let the will of God, whether I get fed or starve or whatever, and well, and they look I at just me want, like I'm crazy. There's one last thing we're gonna we're gonna have to end today because we're out of time. But I I want okay. you to understand the Bible speaks of the mark of beast as two things, not one. And okay. I, I'm with you. I don't want any RFD chip. I don't want I don't want that. But that alone, I don't believe, can be the mark of the beast. Right? Okay. Bitcoin proves that. Like there are other ways to buy or sell even if you have a chip. And so I believe, and I do believe Scripture backs this up, that the technology, the decision that for that technology will be a decision of worship. Uh, it will be, because you, you, you it will be a, it, it will be a, it will have spiritual significance, not just going to the doctor for a chip. Um, okay. But I don't want it. I don't want anything to do with it. And... Okay. Uh, I know that that one world system where you can't buy or sell without the mark is very real and will come to pass in the timing of God. All right, man. Okay. Thanks for calling from Maryland. God bless you. Hey, Thank see you, you guys tonight at the house. Come on out to the house of God. We're worshiping. We're in Daniel. We are talking about the topic of anger uh, because we're looking at Nebuchadnezzar. I wanna, I'm taking some time to, to give freedom to everyone that's dealing with anger. Uh, so the Lord's ready to work. We'll see you tonight, 7 o'clock. Uh, download our app. Come to uh, Calvary Church on Hampton and Tower. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.